Hello, my name is Anoa Changa. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday, March 22nd edition of The Way with Anoa. I'm your host, Anoa J. Changa, the hostess with the mostess. Have you ever watched uh, Beetlejuice? You know, Beetlejuice is set, like the cartoon, not the movie. The movie was cool, but the cartoon was better. Um, how are you guys doing this Wednesday? I mean, it's some crazy ish going on in the world. And I, I know it's like really serious and everyone's taking our policies very seriously right now. But I have been laughing literally all day long. Like, I think I scared the kids when I came home from school because I just was laughing. Um, I had on one of Craig's sweatshirts earlier today while I was working from home and sent him a video dancing around and it telling him, like, you're not getting this back ever because I'm keeping it. It says beast mode. You know what I'm saying? And that's 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 where I'm in. Right. I'm in the zone. I'm in beast mode because you know what? Regardless of what's happening on Capitol Hill with these hearings and stuff like that, we got work to do. Right. We're grinding. There are good people out here trying to organize and that are putting it on the line. And we need to be worried about standing with them. I can't be worried about the freak show that's happening in Washington. Um, apparently today, um, basically like the whole Russian investigation, which, you know, it's like three different hearings. It's like three different investigations in one kind of depending upon how you compartmentalize it. But basically that whole process is just tainted. Right. And, and, and we've known that there are issues with the way that investigation is going, with the way testimony has been given, with the conceptualizing of, 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 of some of the facts of the matter. I mean, from everything from what is it, CrowdStrike and the, 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 the questions about how they actually came to their conclusions with the data they analyze and stuff to now um, was represented. What is it? Nunez, who has um, history <laughs> representative. No, 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 don't do that. Um, you know, going to debrief Trump on what is going on before he, he informed the other members or at least the other ranking members of his own committee. And I will admit, I'm not very well versed on what the proper procedure should be, but it does definitely give the appearance of, impropriety or impartiality, you know, that, 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 that it's not impartial. It's, it's very problematic. Um, and when I talk about the three different levels in the hearings that, that are going on in terms of the Russian interference, it, you know, it's just thinking about you have what happened during the DNC hacks, right. Or leaks, whatever they ultimately end up being. And the Podesta fishing link, that's like one segment. That's one section, Right. Um, and then you have uh, the 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 alleged um, interference, right, by 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 Russia, an alleged collusion with the Trump campaign itself. And then we have the issues that have happened post election, post inauguration, with the leak of information um, in terms of things going on within the Trump administration itself. So, because because we're just watching the first day of hearings. It was very clear that there were three different series or lanes of questioning that were happening, and they they could all be be connected. It could be a very serious issue. It also could, you know, be something that's being looked at. I mean, they've had information about different things actually going back to 2015. We do know from um, the Comey's testimony that they were actually investigating correlation between or possible connection between Trump's campaign and Russian folks since July 2016. Um, so there's there's so much out there. But ultimately I have to laugh about all this. Um, you might say, no, that's kind of that's kind of morbid of you to laugh. I laugh because as Stacy and other people have pointed out, this is like a really bad 70s or 80s movie. But also because um what we do know from the WikiLeaks dumps you know, I've talked before about how I have my issues with leaks and, and hacks and things like that, you know, as having been a, been someone who's been subjected to um, her personal information being compromised in the course of, you know, people hacking uh, uh, us, you know, seek, you know, what should be confidential information. Um, but, but, but 
you know, we do know from the information we we know what we know from the information that that did get leaked that was allegedly hacked or leaked or again whatever. Uh, but we we do know that the the information has been is valid, um, and we do know that the Clinton campaign, the DNC, did elevate or seek to elevate Trump, right? Because they thought that he would be easy knockout. <laughs> how do you do in your due diligence? How the hell do you not know all of this about what's going on in his campaign? How did no one know until the AP released a, its report today about Manafort's dealings going back to like what 2005, 2006? How come nobody knew that? Like, I find it hard to believe that nobody knew. I find it hard to believe the DNC, that Hillary Clinton's campaign. I mean, these are supposed to be the criminal crime of political operatives. I find it hard to believe that nobody knew this information at all. What I really think happened is like people knew it because we do know that President Obama knew about alleged Russian interference back in the summertime. We do know that President Obama did actually confront Putin allegedly in September, right? This is what we've been told that he did have words with Putin in September 2016 about this stuff. So we know that months ahead of the election, that people who were in power, who had the ability and authority to pull certain decisions and make certain decisions actually knew this information, or at least some of the information, enough to raise suspicion. They just kind of laughed it off because they thought she was going to win anyway. The only reason why we're having this whole circus right now is because she lost. (laughs) I'm a masochist. I know. I've been laughing all day. You know, it reminds me of that scene in Mary Poppins, right? When they go and they visit Bert's uncle. He just laughs. I love to laugh. <laughs> That's just really how I feel with all this right now because ultimately we should know what did or did not actually happen in terms of the security and and, and, and spyability of our elections. But that should not just be restrained or restricted to what some alleged foreign influencer might have done, right? Because we have serious issues domestically into the way our elections are run. We saw what happened with the removal of Section 5. Arizona was a prime example. We saw what happened in North Carolina. We, we've seen what has happened in Alabama when the way cross-check has devastated the South and other places. We've seen what has happened in Wisconsin and Mich- Michigan and, and Florida and, you know, in New York. New York, the supposedly bastion of progressivism, has like one of the worst, most arcane deadline registration rules. And then all the people who were disenfranchised from being able to vote in New York during the primary last year, right? Like huge issues, huge issues. So it's real. That's all that's really interesting. And quite honestly, like watching people get all bit out of shape about the Russian. Oh my God, the Russians. It makes me laugh because ultimately this actually is not going to do anything about people on the ground. It's not going to engage people. It's not going to change the fact that people are being disenfranchised um, you know, shout out to Desmond Mead down in Florida. Desmond doesn't know me, but I know him and his work. It's very awesome. But but the people who are working around looking at restoring the vote for felony, you know, felony vote restoration, those who have been formerly incarcerated persons, that is such crucial work. And there are so many things that we need to be lifting up and giving attention to other than that nonsense that's happening on the Hill right now. Um, and that's kind of what I would like to do with more of my time. But, you know, I, I would be remiss if I did not at least mention... <laughs> nonsense. I'm still in petty mode from last night. You know me, petty, petty Anoa, petty patty as the kids were calling me earlier. The next thing that happened, um, which was really interesting, really funny. And then I'm going to get to my interview. I'm going to kind of, I was going to do more news and stuff, but you know what? I got a dope ass brother joining me tonight. And uh, we agreed with his wife that we wouldn't curse. And I already kind of slipped. So I'm sorry, but Lou, Lou is joining me. Lou, Lou from Nebraska is joining me. In just a few moments, but I did have to at least squeeze this next little bit of pettiness in because, oh, it just feels so good. Um, Chelsea Clinton apparently was what has been nominated as being awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award or actually an award from Lifetime for achievements. <laughs> I laugh because there was a huge tizzy on the Internet, on the Twitters. Twitter is where a lot of us uh, do our business and, 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 and unfortunately get into trouble. And there was a whole big uproar, right? People were upset because how dare Chelsea Clinton get a Twitter, get a, oops, get a lifetime achievement award. And then other people were pushing back like, oh my God, she's so accomplished. She has four degrees. Dude, I have three degrees and I had two babies in the process. I'm pretty damn accomplished myself. Doesn't mean I should be getting a lifetime achievement award. 
And I went to, and I graduated college before my parents did. My mom actually went to school after I went to school with my child. My mom actually was inspired to go back to school after I did. So that's pretty damn impressive and a, a pretty great accomplishment if I say so myself. But I don't actually think I should get a lifetime achievement award for that. It turns out, well, my son is in the background saying I do, considering the fact that his little self would sit on my lap at two and a half when I was in law school three and insist on watching Voltron at 5.30 in the morning when it came on Cartoon Network while I was preparing for contracts or whatever other course I had because I would get up early in the morning to prepare before my classes because I would go to bed when the kids went to bed. But that's a whole other story there. But it was just interesting seeing the back and forth. Um, you know, folks were like, really? So what it stems from, though, is The Hill sends out a tweet that says Lifetime Achievement Award. And it's all in lower cases. Well, it's Lifetime Television Network or whatever their corporate entity is called is giving her an achievement award. She's accompanied by others like Gail, you know, Oprah's best friend. And a lot of the women on the list, other people on the list actually really do have very long, robust histories of engagement and outreach and humanitarian efforts compared to, 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 to little Chelsea. And one of the things that was raised was what the hell has Chelsea really actually done that did not extend from the fact that her dad was a former president and her mom was a senator, secretary of state, and former presidential candidate? Well, twice, right? So, like, as we as we look at the rumors that Chelsea's going to run for either the House or the Senate in 2020 if, if Kristen Gillibrand um, runs for president, you know, it's, it's just really interesting how the Clinton family is being repositioned and Chelsea in particular is being repositioned to possibly be now the next the next in the line for politics. But what I thought was interesting was this whole conversation, as you juxtapose what's happening with Chelsea, which is what is happening with Ivanka, with Ivanka, who has, you know, basically, you know, daddy, daddy wants princess by his side. And she gets to 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 to, to get she gets, you know, high security clearance and she gets to make decisions and, and she gets to be in the West Wing, too. And it's like. Oh, like that. Go, girl. Like, what having a rich white daddy buys for you these days? Like, I mean, can I get a rich white dad? Nah, I wouldn't change my dad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my dad for anything. I don't care how much it might pay. No, I love my daddy. But seriously, though, right? Like, you know, people are upset that Ivanka is getting this access, but quite honestly, Ivanka and Chelsea grew up together, right? They, they, they ran in the same circles and stuff like that. You know, they, they've attended the same fundraisers. They've been best friends. Their husbands have been besties and stuff. So it's really interesting. I understand that we're upset because of who her daddy is and also like, you know, how things are going. But like what we're really seeing with both of these women and the things that they have, quote unquote, achieved is really the extension of having rich parents who benefit from a particular system. Because there are so many of us out here who have really accomplished great things despite the odds and adversities in our own individual lives. And we're never, ever going to get the same opportunities that these two women have. And, and, and I understand the need to demonize Ivanka because of who her father is and because of her own, some of her own dumb, you know, legally blonde type stuff she says. I love Elle Woods, you know, but still. Um, at the same time, you know, we're, we're so busy, like, caping and defending a, 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 a Chelsea Clinton as if somehow she is more worthy when she herself also benefits from nepotism and extreme privilege. I mean, I don't we can say they're different and they're separate, but, you know, I mean, you're like you're like splitting hairs there. So that, that was just my little bit of petty for the evening. I want to get into some real people stuff. I want to talk about real people, real issues. I'm bringing in my boy, Lou. Lou and I have actually been like Facebook friends. I mean, Lou has been Facebook squad, okay, for like almost two years now. Lou, you know, shout out to Stella Hetherington and other folks, you know, from African Americans for Bernie. Lou and I actually met in African Americans for Bernie. Uh, there's, a, there's the page and then there's the group. Um, so we, we met, met in that space and Lou would go hard in the paint. Um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. Like, like Lou is such a kindred spirit. Lou, Lou is a real person, you know, focused on real issues and, and, and trying to be, get to that next level to serve the people, uh, on terms of city council for Nebraska. I mean, for Lincoln, Nebraska, excuse me, cause Nebraska is a state, not a city. City Council in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, Lou has been um, endorsed by Our Revolution as well as DFA. You know, I gave DFA a shout out because DFA has actually 
Even though, you know, DFA's been working my nerves with that whole, like, buy this book by Elizabeth Warren and give it for us. I'm not buying Elizabeth Warren's book. I'm not also not buying that that Rules for Revolutionaries book. Like, st- like stop, people. Just stop. But what I will do is I will bring on my boy Lou because Lou is a real person talking about real issues. And I am I don't even know anybody in Lincoln, Nebraska. My uncle is in Omaha, but I'm really pulling for Lou because this is the type of person that we actually need in public office. When we talk about this movement, this progressive wave, this is what we're talking about. We talk about real people, real issues, actually building up from the ground up. So, Lou. <laughs> nope. Boom. Hey, Dave. Hey, Noah. Uh, first hey. off, thanks for having me on this. Uh, wow. First off, you receipt, receipt. I put up, I was like, check on one of the things you had. Like, Mm-hmm. Because we're going to get into that. What we're going to get into is, you know, how folks, regular working folks, how uh, us bottom 99 percent, what mm-hmm. is our chance? What is yeah. our chances? You know, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about real situations, real people and the elephant in the room. That's what I call them. You know, yeah, that's there. But I always tell folks, you know, if you want to take care of the folks you love most, the folks that you worried about, that starts at home. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you to gotta really look at your local politics and say, okay, this might happen and it might be coming down, but if we building up, we got something to, you know, stop on that. So I do appreciate the time and thank you all very much. And I'll make sure not to talk while you talking. So Dave, don't mute me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou, I appreciate you so much. One of the, one of the, like Lou, Lou is like, we talk about white allies and woke white people and stuff. I hate, I hate both of those terms, but Lou, like, Lou, like I said, Lou is a kindred spirit. Lou is a kindred soul all the way, and Lou gets it. And y'all need to take y'all need to take notes from Lou. But I remember one conversation that we had, Lou, was around um, the, the 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 killing of a young man in your community um, by a police officer. He was like goofing off doing donuts in a in a in a lot or something like that. And you were talking about how that was something that you yourself had done many times as a young person. And I mean, we were having a, we were having a conversation, I think back and forth about how, even though we talk about black lives matter and police killings and how like that, that just brought it home for you though. Cause it happened in your community. And I was like, damn, this brother really gets it. Like, <laughs> And then when you announced you were running for office, I was like, yes, I'm not in your community, but I still think that when we, it's a win for all of us. We have good people who are willing to put it on the line. We're willing to step out there. We were just talking earlier before we came on about how it's a sacrifice away from your children, away from your family, away from your wife to do this type of work. You know, it, it, it's that bigger picture because because I mean, we're doing it for the family. We're doing it for the block. We're doing it for the, you know, we're doing it for the community. And, and, it, and it's a lot of hard work. So so tell me just a little bit about kind of what motivates you even to run to begin with. Um, To be honest, I know it's, it's going to come down like this. I came back from Philly. I went to Philly mm-hmm. and okay. I, I didn't go, I didn't go in as inside the fence and I never, I knew I wasn't going to go inside the fence for the folks that don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the democratic national convention in Philly. And I decided very early on in the whole scheme of things that I was going regardless mm-hmm. of how it was looking, I was going. And if that mean, um, if that meant getting on a plane for the first time since the introduction of TSA, Ooh. Yes, that, that, that was a, that was an inter- interesting first time experience. Um, to sleeping on a tennis court, which hey, I got no problem with that. You look at my background and occupy sleeping on hard ground. Uh, hey, Philly was warm that day. Call it good. Um, I was going to be there, and I came back and I said to my wife, I said, you know, if the if the or- if the elephant in the room happens, we got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. We, we really got to figure something out with the regular people. You know, we have spent all this time and it's not just with Bernie. I'll just say that first. It was before that for a lot of us all this time trying to say, hey, wake up. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen to us. Hey, we are here on the ground and we know what's going down. And a lot of us are tuning you out, you, the politicians, you, the longtime leaders, that kind of thing, because there's a break in, in communication going on. Mm hmm. November 9th, she's dropping me off at work and she's like, well, you said when he came back from Philly and then she just drove off <laughs> and that was that she, she just drove off. And so I had, to, you know, I went to work all day and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. I went home and she got home and I said, are you serious? And, she, and what she, what she said to me actually was a Wayne Gretzky thing. Yeah. Uh, 
I'll quote her that quoted him. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Ooh, so yeah. she, she said that. And then we, we had a long discussion a couple days later, the in-laws came up from out of state and actually took the girls for an evening uh, because we got three little girls, 11, nine and seven. And we talked about it and we said, okay, mm-hmm. is this feasible? Now we knew from the start that we're not going to be, you know, raising the money. That's not the question, but that's never going to be the question when you're working uh, when you're running a regular, a regular person's, a regular everyday American, everyday Nebraskan, you know, campaign, you know, those tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars are just not the way it's going to go down, you know. So you got to accept the fact right from the beginning that you're going to get outspent, but you try your darndest not to get outworked. Right. And that's kind of where we're at. That's how that whole decision came down. I mean, if you really want to get into it, Anoa, I was tired of lying to my girls. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you got kids. I got kids. A lot of us that are watching this or will watch this know this. We as parents have a responsibility. Our number one responsibility is to do everything we can to give our kids a step up. Am I wrong? Absolutely. You're absolutely okay. right. And what I'm looking at is this statistically, economically, ecologically, we are handing our children a step down. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at our government system, you know, and who could get in? Who's got a chance to run for anything? You right. know, we look at our kids, Anoa, and we tell them, this is what I tell people honestly, this is the truth. And I've been saying this for a while. We look at our kids and we say, you could be an astronaut someday. You could be a lawyer someday. They look at us and say, hey, daddy, I want to be president. And I look mm-hmm. at them just like every parent does. And what do we tell them? Anoa, what do we tell them? I mean, we tell, we tell them, them. They can do. We can. They can do what they, whatever they put their mind to. We tell them they can do their best. And I mean, bingo. We tell them that whatever they do, they keep their nose clean. They stay out of trouble. They get good grades. They play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Even a goal like being president is attainable to you. Yeah. And here that bothers me is we're lying. We're lying. And so. In essence, we're being hypocrites as parents because we tell our kids, always tell the truth. And then we look at them when they have these questions and we lie to them. And so I got tired of looking in the mirror and saying, I'm lying to my kids that this kind of thing is possible. And so let's figure out if it is. Let's see if right now here today in this day and age, working people will stand up and say enough is enough. If people that will put aside the divides, the petty, the pettiness and say, this is what we need to do. It's supposed to be a government by foreign of the people. Let's see if we can do it. And that's what this is about. That's what this is all an attempt to do. That's what's up. Um, so just thinking, like you mentioned Occupy, just, so just thinking about like your, your trajectory to now, like how has it been though engaging? I mean, like I said, we met, we met, you know, during the height of, you know, of the primary, like, all that time and energy trying to like mobilize and grind and engage, you know, digitally. How has it been now stepping out there as a candidate on your own, like in your community? Like how has the reception been? We were talking earlier about some of the different town halls and you going into the lion's den. So how has that whole interaction been um, so far? I'm being rude. You're fine. from, From Occupy. Let's call it what it is. Uh, before Occupy, I, I voted blue all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Obama. I was one of those Obama boys that got a bad rap in 08, too, just for the record, 7 and 8. Um, and then I got, I, was, I started looking at the the um, problem with money in politics mm-hmm. and seeing how large corporations can get bailed out. But I'm watching family folks around me working for smaller businesses or working for businesses that are getting bought out uh, mm-hmm. back in nine and 10, you know, losing homes, losing, losing long time, family connections, that kind of thing. It's like, hold up. This isn't making sense. Why is it the only the richest, the people that got big pocketbooks, big checkbooks, why are they the only ones that could get that time with our politicians? Right. I was like, okay, if y'all can't get money out this game, then we're going to sleep out here and we're going to march out here and we're going to try to raise awareness to this situation. You know, here, Lincoln, some folks say that we had the third largest, third longest standing occupation in this country. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes down to days, it was over six months before it got before it got shut down. We just had to work together and and continue to work together through the Lincoln winters. In fact, I remember putting up a video with some of us that we said they don't want to clear Centennial Mall sidewalks because we're there. So fine, we'll grab our own shovels and we'll clear it out. And then we'll make a video to send to the mayor. Hey, how you doing? We're still here. Mm-hmm. You know, this this just ain't going to happen. Um, got out of that and start working with a few different community organizations. Uh, one of them that I most, I got the most gratification out of, but also uh, didn't do the best um, all the time by everybody involved in it. And I'll be the first one to admit that was working with this place called the Bike Kitchen. Um, okay. And what that was, was helping little kids learn how to fix their bikes, you know, third to seventh graders, learn how to fix their okay. own bikes. And also, if they needed a bike, like they come in, they help out, and all of a sudden, uh, we're putting a bike together for them, and they could roll out. And then they all come back when they got a flat, but that's about every two weeks. So, right. just went from there to or- organizing for Bernie and showing up at a meeting that May 2015 mm-hmm. and doing all that, then going to Philly and then coming back. And two campaigns later, one of them was for a candidate that said, You don't got enough money to compete. Mm-hmm. And we won. It was like, okay, let's let's see what we could do on our run. Let's see what's different, you know. So that's kind of the arc. And but at the same time, I know that there's a problem, you know, because in our state there are no restrictions on campaign financing. There's oh, none. Okay. You got more restrictions in this state than you you got more restrictions in this state for a federal level race than you do for anything governor on doubt. Which means if somebody wants to throw Yeah. It's it's when oh, I wow. know that there's half a million dollars that's going to go through this town for some seats that are only, you know, $24,000 a year. It's like, city, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. For city yeah. that's and that's the reality of our situation, folks. I mean, that's the reality of our situation. So what do we that's do against crazy. that as people? What do we do? We could either run back and say, oh, this ain't going to happen. Go hide in our homes. Mm-hmm. Or we could stand up and say, we getting together because the only way that we could win is because a person walks in and votes. People vote, dollars don't. Right. You know, that's our decision. What are we going to do? That's why I guess I'm here is just because I ask people and they're like, well, Lou, we're with you if you're actually going to do it. So here we go with this craziness. And this has been crazy. I'll tell you that, Noah. Oh, Wow. That's that's I mean, but that's so true, though. People vote dollars don't. And, I, you know, it is so frustrating for all of us across the board, whether national or state, state, local level. You know, it is intimidating the amount of money that other people are able to put up in some of these races for the variety of reasons they're able to do it. But at the same time, if you can get the people out, if you get the people moving, that makes all the difference. Um, so what are some of the major issues, though, facing, like, from, from from talking to folks, from your own observations, what are some of the major issues facing, you know, Lincoln, your community right now? There's three big topics of conversation here. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing to a lot of folks is they're like, man, everybody's fighting. Everybody's fighting. Uh, here in Nebraska, we have a slightly different system. Um, we have a unicameral, which means there's no House and Senate in our state government. There's only one body. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And also here in Lincoln, you know, we're supposed to be nonpartisan. It's supposed to be a nonpartisan city council, but it's just not working out like that. And folks mm-hmm. are tired of the bickering back and forth and not seeing that folks are working together to make this town better. Okay. So they're like, okay, what do we do? Well, we start being honest. We start having real conversations. Right. Uh, the second thing is, is public education. Public education is a problem nationally. We all know that. Right. Um, but here it's starting to be one of those things where we are just now seeing where our governor's father is going to be opening a charter school, a choice school, however you want to word it. It's all the same thing in Bellevue. And it's the first one. You're like, hold up. The governor's father is opening it. The governor's brother's on the Trump team. And we got the governor here who literally is trying to buy the legislature. Folks, wake up in politics at its finest as an example. You know, and so you got all of that. And so it's a constant soul of public education here. Constant try to draw down of the funds because we know how that works. They cut the money 
And then they say stuff doesn't work because they haven't funded it. And then they move on and be like, well, now privatization will do better. We, we could throw the money at privatization. It's like, come on now. And last but not least is property taxes, um, which I'm not going to get into the whole board of that, but I do wish we had more of a conversation about those property taxes, what they do for the city, um, right. that folks were more educated about where their taxes go. You know, I've actually learned that the more you tell somebody, hey, I could cut $6 of these taxes, but it'll cost you $100 a year, they automatically will pay that $6. Hmm. It's like... Mm-hmm. Those kinds of situations, and then looking at them and say, "Hey, we can cut your property taxes now, but do you know what they're possibly looking at going down in two years?" And they're looking at sales tax, and if they do that, everybody's going to be paid more. And even for the ones that own, you know, whether it be homes or stores, if they don't, if everybody's paying sales tax, that's less money for the folks like us living check to check. You know, making sure that our kids are fed and in bed. You know, they got lights on this stuff. But at the end of the day, we're not going to the movies or the diners too often as it is. All right. of a sudden, we're paying sales tax on everything. Uh, how much more money we're going to be able to invest in local businesses? So, folks, better start figuring out exactly what we want to do here and start having the real conversations and start with that education and communication. And that's what we have to do is is really start talking to folks and having folks and listen to folks too. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's and like you said, like I mean, the two things you said in there, like like well, basically with public education, I mean, absolutely, it is an issue, particularly at our local level. Um, we we focus so much on nationally what's going on. At least in this cycle, people focus on nationally what's been going on with the Secretary of State selection and stuff. But what is actually happening on our local level, and and how that translates into potential action for us as communities, um, that is definitely a needed conversation that we need to be having. But but I also like um, when you were when you, you know what you're saying though overall about how to engage people and how we need to just like basically just like bump it, just step up and like get it done, like do what we need to be doing, like. <laughs> I love it. You're just so like straight and, and matter of fact and like, look, this is what needs to be done. It's not being done. This is what people need. We just need to do it. And and and, and like our politics really should be that simple. Like it, it really should just be that simple. It just comes down to a few things. I mean, you want to look at other areas, Noah. It comes down like this. Right now in our state legislature, we got a couple bills that are just interesting that they are the talk of the local town, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always I try to tell people that we need to kind of redefine what we are doing here in Lincoln because Lincoln is the capital of the state, which means the capital buildings in our backyard. So right. anything they're doing there is going to affect this whole state. And that starts with us. That starts with the people of this town. If we don't like what's going down in there, we should feel like, okay, you're doing this in our backyard. Right. You know, we all remember Wisconsin when they went against the teachers unions. All of a sudden you had the place flood Michigan and what they've done there continuously with the water products in Flint and other areas and how their capital has been flooded with people. We should be encouraging that here. And as Mm -hmm. a city council leader, we should be encouraging that as a mayor. We should be encouraging that as any elected public servant in this city. We should be saying, hey, it is our right. Is our duty, and if we want to stop these kinds of things that are happening because of our governor, we need to be in there vocally saying this mm-hmm. needs to change. Absolutely, because we can't rely on other people to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I've had a lot of questions. I've had a lot of people say, "Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Noah?" And I tell them the truth. And the truth is this: I could be one guy. I could be one guy, mm-hmm. and I could be on that city, city council if I win. If I get lucky enough, okay. But that's one vote. That's one vote. That one vote's not going to change anything. I'm not going to be able to save whatever you want done. I'm not going to be able to do whatever you want done with one vote. That's not going to happen. So I look at them and they say, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is look at you and say, how many people are you ready to have step up and say that this needs to get done? Mm -hmm. This town has a history of people busing from neighborhoods to City Hall. Really? When okay. things weren't going right. Okay. Show up, stand up, gather your neighbors and fight. If you want something taken care of in your area, you know, all this talk about holding feet to fire and all that stuff, then get up and, and I'll be honest, get up and do that. 
because that's what I love. That's what I love here. Is people telling me, okay, Lou, that all sounds good, but this is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've kind of adopted this quote that says, uh, Woodrow Wilson said, the ears of a public servant should be ringing with the voices of their, of their people. Mm, yeah. Meaning my ears, you know, should be constantly having somebody tell me, I need this. We didn't talk about this. You need to come. That's what I'm supposed to do. Right. That's what any of us are supposed to do. And be out in public with it. Be proud to stand with what you're with. You know, I'm not going to throw the group out there, but I'm going to say that actually I got to ask for an endorsement, uh, go do the interviews and all that. And they are like, well, if we endorse you, do you want it to be public or private? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, some people, you know, they get, they get that endorsement, but they don't want people to know about it because this is Nebraska. I'm like, look, if I'm coming to you and asking about endorsement, that's because I believe in what you're trying to do. And I don't need to do some junior high school boyfriend, girlfriend type thing for us to stand together. And I told this to this board and some of them were like, oh my goodness, what is this kid doing? Well, the kid's just trying to be honest. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like, I'm not going to hide from the fact that you come out and put some work in, you know, here at the campaign off, uh, doing phone banks or whatever. I'm not going to hide from you, your label or what you're about, but I want your help. See, that's the problem right there. That's the problem right there. Want the help won't stand up with. Right. But Hey, we want your vote. Right. You know, right. I mean, so, that's, that's where we're at. I mean, you have, we were talking about this before you came on. You know, you be out there in front of the Capitol Bill and talk about all that socialist, yeah, yeah. You know, you be talking about that Bernie stuff. Um, how has it been, though, out there actually grinding and organizing and reaching out and connecting with people? How has that, how has that experience been um, working with folks and, and connecting to folks? Like, like how, do you, how do you explain the socialism? Like, I mean, the socialism just comes down to it. And I started this a very long time ago. You know, Mm -hmm. if somebody comes with the socialist state, I ask one simple question. Um, Do you got a social security card in your pocket? (laughs) Um, Do you see that road right there in front of your house? I'm not trying to be rude to people. People don't know. People don't know that what we are dealing with in some ways is a socialist tendency to our economy, to our government, to our everyday way of life. Those cops you wave and say hi to, the fire department, the public Mm -hmm. library, the public schools, the roads, your pools, your parks. I could go down the list, folks. This is all socialist things. Yeah, absolutely. Quit being scared of a word because of what it meant you know, 50, 60 years ago and, and embrace the reality of what it is. And what it is is that we all put in to make sure even the least, even the least that put in to certain things in our system are all able to benefit mm-hmm. from it. Some people pay more for roads than others. Yes, that's true. But we all benefit from that. Some people pay more into the park fund based on their property taxes than others. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. I mean, do you want me to lie to you? Or do you want me to, not you personally, Anoa, but yeah, other folks. You. Do you want me to lie to you or do you want me to tell you the truth? I get you. I get you. I get you. So, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I just, I just, I, I know we were talking earlier before we, before we got on about how, like, you know, you've got, had to go into the lion's den and you're that, you're that Bernie rabble rouser. Like, yes. so, so how has, how have you managed though, being in those more establishment spaces, being in those spaces where, you know, they think that they own everything. Like how, how have you managed um, and still, you know, managed to get your, your, your message across it and just manage who you are. Um, first things first, a uh, couple things. Number one, I will say that the, the Dem party here at first, they were like, what is he doing? Okay. Mm-hmm. But when they realized that this was serious mm-hmm. and that what we were doing was not some kids playing politics, they're like, okay, we'll work something out. So everybody's mm-hmm. getting treated the same around here, which is a good thing. It is. Um, it's not as contentious as it could be. And that's because in some ways, you know, some of us are looking like, okay, we could keep fighting about stuff that happened or and keep fighting over the past. Right. And, and we need to learn some lessons from the past. Don't get me wrong. We need to visit and discuss 
what has happened in the last six months. We need to visit, discuss, and be honest about it. But bickering over it does nothing, does none of us any good Mm -hmm. if we're not trying to have a real communication about it. And then in a a city like this where the elections are so – the city elections are so close to after the general. It's like, well, are we going to work together or and at least respect each other's space Mm -hmm. and what we're trying to do and not be negative in our race or are we not? And that that decision has to be made very quickly for things to get done here. Um, So I I can tell you straight up, there are two other candidates before I walked in here. Uh, Larian, who is the incumbent, Larian Gaylor Baird, she was out there phone baking and my kids were coloring next to her. And Betty Show, beautiful dude. Uh, he was in his area, and he was sitting there putting together yard sides. Mm-hmm. And we have here in this city, you got to think about it, like Lincoln and Omaha and a few places out west in this state are have more Democrats than Republicans. But there's okay. not much. There's not much. And so it's like you got to you got to work it out. You right. got to work it out. Now, when I say this, all peaches and cream. That well, that would be a pipe dream, but I expected that. I expected that, and I expected, you know, on all sides. It's like the other day, I went into an organization, had a lunch. It's mainly independent business owners. They'd got some. They got their own thoughts about me, and it's like, hey, look, um, I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm not the devil. You know, I'm. You're not going to throw tomatoes at me for what I got to say. When all I'm really trying to say is, we need to figure out. How not only we've got ahead, we got ours, you know, the old Richard Pryor. I'm going to get mine. You know, we better start figuring out how the kids are going to get theirs or we're all going to be some yeah. old people that ain't got nothing because the kids ain't looking out for us because they try to get theirs. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my, do, kids do need want- to, my, my kids need to have something going on so that when I'm older, exactly. I'm with you, Lou. I'm with you. <laughs> It's like it's like looking at them and be like, yo, do we all want to be Egyptians, you know, being buried with our riches and then the kids ain't kids ain't all right? Or do we want to make sure that we do what we're supposed to do as parents and grandparents and make sure mm-hmm. they have that step up? And we need to acknowledge that it's not there right now. Yes. And if yes, people absolutely. don't like that honesty, then it's then I probably wasn't getting that vote anyways. Right. You know. I have no problem having that conversation. I have no problem with folks saying, yeah, you wrong. Okay. Then tell me why. Right. Tell, right. tell me why, like, on a, like a small business, tell me why I should be talking about taxes with what are you really getting help wise on those taxes? Mm-hmm. What do you get? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are you getting when we sit here and say, oh, we're not going to spend this amount on the fire department or the police department, and, but the city's expanding. So is everybody getting adequate coverage if we don't open up their budgets and we know we got more people coming in and we know the city's getting bigger and they're still stuck with the same amount? Does it make sense to anybody? Because it don't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me that bottom line is, is we have, we say we're going to hire more public Mm -hmm. servants and we're not keeping, we're not keeping right now our public servants fully staffed. We have to look at retention. Right. Why are they leaving before we start promising we're going to hire more? Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very you good know, point. It's, it's, it's just like, hey, let's have these conversations. Let's put these facts on the table so everybody knows them. And then make your choice. Mm-hmm. You want somebody that's going to mm-hmm. give you these facts and then be on the street with you and holding the door to the city hall when you want to come down with your friends and raise some ruckus and probably sit there and applaud for you if the point is right and true. Cool. Then please get this done. But uh, I'll tell you, everybody, same thing. You know, it says changes us. That's not about us and our team. Ooh, I love it. I meant to tell you, I love your, I love it. I love the changes us. I love the changes us. I love that so much. But it's not about us and our team. And I think I've mm-hmm. talked to you about this, Anoa. It basically yeah. comes down to that simple thing. We can't look at other people and say, change it for us. Right. We gotta, Absolutely. We got to stand up and say, we demand change ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. it's like, hello, people. Changes us. Changes all of us getting together and saying enough is enough. 
Right. And then, like you said, follow through and make sure that that we're showing up. You know, we got people like you running for the office itself. Um, like I got to interview uh, Kashama Sawant some a, f- a couple months ago, and that was one thing she was saying about her position, right? Like she's on the city council; she's the only person, you know, from her party that's that's in that type of position. But she has her entire base that is still there and present. They one, they know that she she's there to serve as a voice, right, and an advocate. But at the same time, she knows that when it's time to advance things, people are there. And that's one of the things like everybody's like, oh, be like Bernie. Oh, we need more people to be like Bernie. We need people to be progressives and to stand up and do the right thing. And the thing I always say, and I think, you know, we've talked about this as well. You know, if we're going to demand of people to step out there and be, you know, as Bernie, do like Bernie, you know, be that lone voice, be there doing a filibuster for like, what, what is it, 30 hours or however long it was with no one else, you know, cares to be around. And we're expecting people to put it on the line and be out there. We, as the people, you know, the supporters, the, the base, have to be able to be there, not only as the accountability, but also as a support network, right? A, a, as as the as as the base consistently, and not just when it's time for election. We got to be there consistently. Um, Nina Turner always says there is no such thing as an off cycle. Like we have to be there consistently year round. Um, so yeah, so I. I <laughs> I love everything you're talking about. So, so your your election is in approximately two two weeks, right? It's April fourth, I think. Correct? Yeah, twelve okay. days. Okay. Twelve days. Um, what it comes down to is, first off, need a terror story. I scared the bejesus out of her in Philly. Um, <laughs> and oh, and somebody's gonna laugh about this. And if she ever sees this, she's gonna remember exactly who I am because I know I got the Our Revolution endorsement and I passed the story on to her, but I don't know if it actually got to her. Uh, People's Convention. Uh-huh. The day before, shout out to Jack Rabbit and Shauna and everybody that put together on that. Mm-hmm. She was, and everybody knew I'm a big Nita Turner fan. You know, I, I got these whole theories about pastors and preachers uh, and your style, your speaking styles. Um, and they're like, Lou, you got to meet Nina. And then all of a sudden, I got really scared. Like, it's my time to meet Nina. I turned around and ran away. And I was like, I'm not ready. I got work to do. Bye. Took off running. Second time I come up to her. Hi, Nina. Real nice to meet you. You know, uh, been watching you a long time. You know, I actually went to bed last night thinking about you. And then all of a sudden, her <laughs> eyes got really big. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm married. That came out really wrong. I was like, I'm just really nervous. And she's like, well, what did you mean? I was like, I was at FDR Park. I was on the mm-hmm. tennis courts. I was covered in a sheet. Getting getting my butt just chewed alive by mosquitoes. And for some reason, as I fell asleep, there is no testimony without a test. And I was like, sleeping through this ridiculousness is going to be my test for my testimony tomorrow. And sure <laughs> enough, he met Nina Turner. And that's how I told her. And then it was all good after that. But great lady um great people in this whole movement so many people just trying to do different things i mean even here in this city it's this city the state across the nation we got this technology that puts us together so uh we could truly be in the words of gil harrod make it where the whole world is watching anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whether it be Standing Rock, whether it be the protests in Arizona, whether it be Washington, D.C., whether it be L.A., we could see all of this now. We just got to take that power and somehow take that out of the streets power, out of the streets power and start getting it inside, which means we got we're not going to again, we're not going to win that money thing. But that means we got to work harder to get our people in. We got to work smarter, not harder. We got to spend less, but do more with it. You know, it's. It's a crazy, crazy thing to know. It is so freaking humbling. I'll tell you that. It is so just ridiculously humbling. Um, that is one of my favorite things. Smarter, not harder. Because that, that's been my life personally, you know, because I, 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 I've been a single mom. I've had little kids trying to grind it out. Even now, trying to work full time and do all this other stuff. Smarter, not harder. I love it. Lou, we got to wrap it up. I'm sorry. We got to cut it short. I can't wait to talk with you again, though, because we have so much more we can actually cover because Ben is actually getting ready to come behind me and David needs to make clear the channel for Ben. But please tell everybody how they can find you. How can they help? What do you need And with 12 Days and Counting? 12 Days and Counting is very simple. Uh, 
Lou for Lincoln on Facebook, all spelled out, L-O-U-F-O-R-L-I-N-C-O-L-N. Uh, you could go to the website, www.louforlink, L-O-U, uh, the no, no, number four, L-N-K.com. Um, right now, we have a phone make si- system set up that we put together ourselves uh, okay. with a little help that anybody in this nation could call folks and let and ask them if they've heard about us. And if so, if they're playing on voting for us, because let's be honest, our name recognition is horrible. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, our revolution and, and DFA just endorsed us today, which was that was like, what the heck? You know, they take, you know, looking at some Nebraska kid. Um, but we're just trying to get out the vote. So just spreading the word and spreading stuff like this work. If this is true to you, if this is what this is about, get that word out. And okay. then do the same thing for the love of everything holy. Everybody do this. And I'm going to get out of this. Anoa, everybody says, what do you want if you win? Well, I want to win. What do you want if you lose? I want more people to do this in the next go round. Instead of three or four people mm. running for a seat, five or six. And because I've really learned that it only takes like 300 bucks to get voter information files. It takes like 200 bucks to get a thousand palm cards. If you get a good team around you, people that believe in the message you're talking about and you believe in them, it does not take all that money that they, they push us back with to win. It just takes some, it takes some work. It does, but it doesn't take all that cash. It really doesn't. Well, I'm going to put a pin in it right there. I don't know what else to say. No, that was good. That was good. That was good information. I'm putting a pin in it right there because Benjamin Dixon, the big brother, the man that makes it all possible in the world go around, is coming right after us. I'm so happy that the family's feeling well and he can come tonight. So I'm out. I'm just going to put it right there. Lou was wonderful. I'm going to have to bring him back. This has been Away With All. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.